Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and Farley the Bulldog is filling in for Rodney the Bulldog today as usual. So today we continue our series of promoting the upcoming Kentucky Comedy Festival on October 19th through the 21st at Rather Hall in Murray, Kentucky on the campus of Murray State University with two of our headlining comedians. And I am thrilled that they've taken the opportunity, the time out of their busy schedule to sit with me today and tell how they are living the dream in the world of stand-up comedy. We're very, very lucky today to have Ms. Lace Larrabee and Ms. Catherine Blanford on Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Lace is one of the top established women comedians in the country right now. She is actually on a national tour with America's Got Talent, hosting the America's Got Talent All-Stars in Las Vegas. She is also the owner of a debut album called White Trash Cinderella that hit iTunes as on the chart as number one and has over one million views. And I'm probably well short. That's probably more like two or three million. But the bottom line is it's funny and a lot of people really like it. And Catherine Blanford is also one of the hottest touring comedians right now. She is very busy. I saw her open for David Spade to a packed audience in Orlando. She is headlined the Palm Beach Improv and she is going to be on Burt Kreischer's fully loaded tour in Miami, October 27th and through the 31st. So we are very thrilled to have Lace and Catherine on the show. So ladies, welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Man, we, this sounds so good. I don't even think that intro was good enough. I don't think we need to be interviewed. I mean, I think, no, I think I'm very excited to be here. I am worried about Rodney. I, this is the first time I'm hearing about Rodney. Yeah. Um, Who is Rodney? Is, is this something, are we allowed to bring this up? Did something happen to Rodney? Yeah. Is this a Scientology situation? Like a, where is Shelly Miscavige situation? Actually, Rodney is uh, my former bulldog named after Rodney Dangerfield. And right. so when we started the show, he was the co-host and he decided to cross the Rainbow Bridge about oh, a year ago. All right, Rodney. So, so I didn't change anything. But Farley, my new bulldog, is named after Chris Farley. And so he's the co-host for the show. Oh, oh Farley. Well, hopefully we get to see him at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, he will be there. He'll be my co-host. And uh, he's a bit of a ham, though, so I left him downstairs uh, just because I wanted to get through the interview without being nipped or wanting to steal the thunder here. Sure. Yeah, that's a bulldog for you. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. But he's named after Chris Farley, so he he has a comedy spirit behind him, too. Okay, good. Uh, Adorable. He just... He's got the same... (laughs) I was going to say same body shape, too, so... Yeah. He does. He has what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. (laughs) that's what doctors call it yeah and he's his brown is about the same color as chris farley's hair too so oh and he's full of energy that's that's angelic angelic yeah but but thanks so much for being on the show um i know y'all have been super busy and um we're finally able to get together today but uh we're really excited to have you on as headlining the Kentucky Comedy Festival. This is the first annual Kentucky Comedy Festival and of course Catherine is from Kentucky originally. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. And, and she has a connection to Murray State cuz your mom went to Murray State, correct Catherine? She was a racer. Yeah. She's from the borough. From Owensboro, went to Catholic mm-hmm. and then she was a racer and then went to 
I think nursing school at UK after that. Got it. So I'm from all around. And then my dad's from Bardstown, kind of Holy Cross, Lebanon area. And weren't you in Bardstown like last week or a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. visiting family? Sure was. Sure was. I just took him back a couple of tobacco leaves. Yeah. So I could so jack how- up the price on them here in California. There huh? you go. So, so what was it like growing up in Kentucky? Um, I, I mean, I grew up in Louisville, so I was still mm-hmm. in the city. I was still cul-de-sac life, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was bike gang and, but my parents both grew up in tobacco farms. Um, so I, I was more Metro, like we, you know, we had like, um, we had like, uh, we had like malls, plumbing, mm-hmm. we plumbing. Yeah. We had even sometimes some people had high heels. Wow. Well, we even had color but, TV there, I think. Dude. Yeah, we did. We had uh, we had a color TV, and um, and then we uh, we eventually we got a DVD player, and we still have it. Now, what high school did you go to in Louisville? Assumption, baby. Assumption. All girls, Catholic high school, plaid skirts, <laughs> but I'm straight. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> wasn't another one there. Um, what was another high school? It was Sacred Heart. Wasn't that a big high school in Louisville? Catholic girl school. Um, is a big one for big old rich. Oh, okay. Got it. I actually went to law school at Louisville. <laughs> I, I went to law school there and I was a substitute teacher my last year of law school. And um, it was interesting being a substitute teacher in Louisville. Why? Would you do public schools? Yeah, I did it my last year. Uh, I taught a lot of math and science, but I actually had Rajon Rondo, the NBA player. He was one of my students. Dodge, you teach at Eastern? Yep. I, was Dude, I, was, I grew up, I grew up right, right next to Eastern. I probably would have gone to Eastern if I went to public school. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I'm with the Lord. So I had to go mm-hmm. to all girls Catholic high school. Um, but Rajan Rondo grew up right down the road from me. I know okay. all about it. Yeah. Yes. Now, Lace, you're from uh, Georgia, correct? I am. The Atlanta area. So what was it no. like growing up? Oh. I'm not from the Atlanta area. No, my family is from uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. And okay. I lived there for, I lived in like four different places in Georgia my whole life, but mainly spent like all my middle school and high school years down in Glenville, Georgia, which is near mm-hmm. Savannah, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. So moved down there uh, when I was in like seventh grade for my mom's job and all my family's still down in that area. So they're either middle Georgia or south, south, middle of nowhere, Georgia. So like we moved down there from like a little bit more of a city. So unlike Catherine, it's like the other way around. Like I had... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up like it was one red light in the whole place. It was uh dry County. There was nothing to do down there. Um, when I went and changed schools, there was only the one school and it was kindergarten through eighth grade. Same oh, yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, dog. It's called grade school. It's called literally grade school. That's what we called it too. All yeah. the grades in one school school. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. But the second I got out of there, I, uh, hightailed it and got, uh, near Atlanta. I went to Kennesaw State University and then have been in the Atlanta area since high school. But yeah. So what inspired y'all to get into the comedy world? Um, Desperate for attention. Yeah. Desperate for attention. Needing validation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I needed a transition because I did did pageants for 14 years. So I paid for a lot of my college doing pageants in the Miss America system. And then I aged out of that and I, yeah, it's that desperation. I just had that, that hole that needed to be filled inside my mm-hmm. soul. 
Yeah. Say you're too old for patents. I had to find another way for everyone to stare at me on stage. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I was a professional athlete and, but I got injured. Professional athlete. And, and so I just was like, I gotta, I gotta win at something else now. So. Exactly. So, um, Lacey, you said you're in the the pageant industry. One of our co-hosts is going to be Miss uh, Kentucky. So, um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have beauty queens every night. And of course, Catherine's a beauty queen too. She said, and a former professional athlete. Yeah. Yep. 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 Beauty queen, uh, just, just, uh, different types of crown, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for Catherine. She's a big horse fan, and Murray State being the racer, she might just ride in on a horse. I might just (laughs) ride in on a horse. I like how uh, how that was introduced, because if you listen to it quick and just starts to sound like Catherine's just a big whore, and I like that part, too. I think that's, that if we just stop it right there, if just for some reason there's just like a, a, it cuts off right at the end before you finish horse, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, you know, my Southern accent, maybe that's what came out. I didn't. That's what came out. Yeah. That's a Freudian slip there. I'll ride in on one or the other. Okay. It depends. (laughs) She's riding on something. It depends on who I meet the night before. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Either I meet the farmer or the farmer's wife, but, and you'll see. Well, there are doctors and a lot of doctors in Murray too. There oh, you that's offers, a very good yep, point. <laughs> bankers. Yeah. Now you don't now you don't want to meet a lawyer there, that's for sure. But. No. <laughs> We've heard bad things about the lawyers yeah. in Murray. Yeah, we have yeah. a cheating podcast. <laughs> we, <laughs> we know lawyers. That's yeah. right. We've heard about a lawyer or two. Lawyer. Yeah, I'm, lawyer. I, I, How yeah, do you say I'm it? a lawyer too? Lawyer. A lawyer. 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 I say well, lawyer. That would get the job done too. There are okay. all kinds of lawyers out there. Miss, I, I interviewed uh, Miss Kentucky, and she's interested in being a lawyer. And I told her my job's conv- to convince her not to be a lawyer. I'm like, we're <laughs> not enough lawyers. Yeah. No. She. What? W- w- <laughs> what kind of law do you do? What kind I'm of lawyer do you do? I'm a real estate lawyer. Um, I work for a developer in Florida where we're, we're basically building a town. So I. Uh, work for a company where we add the roads and schools, but we bring in Chick-fil-A and Walmart. We bring in malls, hotel deals. Wow. Like Do you yeah. work for Mr. Monopoly? Mm-hmm. I was about to kind say. Kind of in a way. Basically, uh, the company I work for, it's kind of like the old TV show Dallas. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Lace so Rivers TV. <laughs> yeah. So I've been a lawyer for almost 20 years, and I was down in Miami for a long time. I represent a lot of hotel developers and condo developers. Nice. Okay. All right. Sounds and like big money. It sounds sounds like a lot of a lot of a lot of dough down there. I got I got to feed the bulldog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they get hungry. So he yeah. doesn't live in a van down by the river. No, I don't. No, but I think no. I'm gonna buy a van. To make sure when I pick up uh, Kevin Farley, Chris Farley's brother, I'm picking him up in a van. That's we'll take him down he's gonna love that. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Make sure you get a plaid jacket and some little glasses. Make too. sure you absolutely do that. He's gonna love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Man, man, you're you sound you it sounds like you make real actual money and might have like a savings account or something. That's cool. Yeah, I I try. That's nice. 401ks yeah. and stuff. But I tell you what though, the thing about it is sometimes being a lawyer is kind of boring. So you gotta go out and do things that are interesting. Like that's one reason why I was starting the comedy festival. Because I always grew up enjoying comedy, and you know some of my favorite comedians were Chris Farley and Rodney Dangerfield and Jeff Foxworthy. 
Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the great stand-ups too, uh, like uh, Joan Rivers, I always was a big fan of her work and stuff. And it's very interesting to see how comedy has gotten really even more popular, it seems, the past few years with the av- availability of the dry bar comedy and America's Got Talent. You've got the YouTube specials and there are just so many big comedy specials now. Um, mm-hmm. What's it like being in the comedy world right now and, and you know, getting these, these high gigs and stuff like that? Because Catherine and you, entered, uh, you worked with David Spade and a lot of, uh, you know, top notch comedians and lace. You've been working the same. How do you kind of get that that break and and just really become a successful comedian? Because I know it's very challenging. Um, yeah. So what you do is um, you just. <laughs> it's not necessarily about writing jokes anymore. It's about going to a club and and filming crowd work. Asking, putting, asking who's dating, and and then and then you have to remember after that, ask them how long they're dating, and then no matter what the answer is, you just shit on it. Yeah. And then after that, once you've graduated from that level, then the next level is then you ask them, you ask them what they do. <laughs> you can also ask people like if they know certain things, like if you say a joke. And then you go, do you know what that is? You can do that too. Yeah. And then, but it's always, and it's important to remember as a comedian these days that um, the audience are idiots. Whoever (laughs) you're talking to is an idiot. And, and you have to get, you have to remind everyone else that. Catherine, you forgot a drunk idiot. They're a a drunk drunk idiot. Idiot who thinks that they can do what you can do better because saw it on a TikTok. And so now they should come to your show where you've put you know, eight to 11 years into something. And then they get there and they think, hell, if that lady can do it, then I can do it. And then what they'll do is they'll stand after the show and talk to you by your t-shirt table and tell you all the uh, worst street jokes you've ever heard in your Mm -hmm. life. And then tell you that they're going to leave and start being a comedian too. So that's pretty much the comedy world these days. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very, yeah. And it's important that you follow all of those steps. (laughs) Yes. Rigidly. It's funny. I mean, you mentioned like legit comics that, I mean, we all know and love and grew up with. And and I think there's like, it's, there's a big stark difference between, you know, where like Joan Rivers came up in like the sixties and went on. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Joan Rivers. This tattoo mm-hmm. on my arm is uh, a Joan Rivers tattoo. It's from oh, it is? jewelry. Yeah. She used to have a jewelry line that she sold through QVC and this was a pin. It was one of her items. Someone gifted it to me and I I loved it so much, put it on my arm, but um, she's awesome, right? She's great. But at that time, there weren't that many. There were barely any women doing stand-up comedy. So she struggled and worked her ass off to get known. And then for so many years, there were only a handful of people who had the opportunity to like get worldwide famous because there were only certain ways to do it. You could only do it through the Tonight Show. I mean, truly, mm-hmm. that was that was how you got international attention. And there's only like a handful of people who got that attention. So there for a long time, there were only like, I mean, what, 20 to 50 well-known famous comedians through like the 70s and 80s and all that. And then Jeff Foxworthy, Seinfeld, Roseanne, all those people came along and got sitcoms immediately. Fast forward 30 years later, there are so many comics and there's so much saturation. And because of mm-hmm. social media... You can see every single comic, whether they started last week or they started 20 years ago, we're all put on the same 
level right. to the to the general public. So mm-hmm. there's just too much to see and know. I think it's a thousand times harder these days to get as famous as a comedian as people used to be able to get, right? You yeah. could be yeah. a legend back in the day. And nowadays it's like, well, there's too many eyeballs on too many people all trying to do the exact same thing. And so, there's pressure to always put out, always produce, oh always God. produce. So you're like, that's yeah. why you do, that's, I was joking about the crowd work stuff, but that's why you see so much crowd work is because- yes. Because it's a constant demand to keep feeding the algorithm beast to stay in people's minds because other people are are right there to s- like swoop up the attention if you're not. And so right. the crowd work bits or this and this and this is the way to feed the beast without just burning material before it's ready. Yep. You know, like because more- back in like all those people you listed, like back in the day, all the big comics. They'd put out one hour special or one album, mm-hmm. right? And wouldn't put out another one for another five years or so. We're and they would get tour live where nobody's filming what they're doing. Not everybody's on their fucking phones. And, you know, they're they're able to do what they want to do. And they can u- reuse the same jokes. They, they have plenty of time to build a whole new hour before they got to record a new album. And these days it's like everybody's attention span so short. They're like, next, next, heard it, next. What's the next thing? So we mm. spent years. It's like, you mentioned my album. Mm. And Catherine's about to record one. When, when I recorded mine, that was 10 years of mm. my favorite stuff that I had done thousands of times all over the country. Worked, you know, tagged each and every joke to death until I felt like it was it was ready to go. And I knew all those jokes worked. And then now it's been, you know, it's been less than a year since it came out, but it's been a year since I recorded it. And the pressure is overwhelming to mm. have to come up with a whole new hour. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I'm about to come up on a year. Do I need another, do I have to have a whole new hour right now for, for the next year? And it used to not be like that. It used to be able to actually work on shit and relax, but it's tough. Well, I guess to Catherine's point about with the crowd work though, you know, people kind of say, Hey, when you do people watching, and you just see like the weirdest stuff and it turns out to be funny. And in a way, the crowd works kind of like Catherine said. I mean, you're just kind of getting material thrown at you naturally. And since as a comedian, you're funny, you can kind of, you know, make something funny out of that a lot of time. And they're just providing you material. Sure. I mean, if it works in that moment, I mean, yeah, we all have yeah. to utilize crowd work on stage every single night. If we're doing we're doing an hour every show and it's like, yeah, you, we do our, our stuff that works, but you still have to be good at crowd work. If you're not good at back and forth and you're not good at ad-libbing right there in the moment, then you're not going to succeed as a comedian. So we all use, we utilize all of those skills. We have to be good writers, good actors, good memor, you know, memorizers. That's not the word. No, mm-hmm. it's absolutely the word. Memorizers and good crowd work improvisers. Like we're having to do a little bit of everything all the time. But the problem is, is you can use something in that moment that's not going to be repeatable. Yeah. Then the next time, yes, for the one night. And yeah. I, I was a bad, I was bad crowd work when I went to go see Catherine because she mentioned she was from Kentucky. I don't know if you remember this, Catherine, but um, you mentioned at the show that you were from Kentucky and I knew she was from Kentucky. So I applauded just to get some applause. And then she started asking me questions. And I just tried to be, you know, straight and, you know, not talk too much because I was thinking, man, I don't want to throw her off in the show. And I didn't want to be disrespectful or anything. And then afterwards we were talking in Catherine was like, no, you should definitely talk more and stuff. It was all right. So I was trying to be, you know, nice. And I, oh, I think I, remember, I think I was asking you questions and, and then you got real quiet and reserved. Yeah, because I didn't want to throw you off on the show because I, I was like, man, I know you got probably routine and stuff and I didn't want to throw anything off. So now well, I realized I've messed up. 
I was going to say, good comics, though, won't ask questions if they're not ready to, to yeah. like, she, she can handle, you know, she wouldn't have asked you that if she couldn't have, but it's funny. If they're they're going, if they're, if they're, uh, asking you questions, they want to, they, they want to interact. If they're not asking questions and somebody keeps yelling, that's when it's annoying. That's, oh God. Yeah. Or, or people who are like too, it's either they're, they're always ever, they're always, always too drunk or. Yes they are cocky and they really think that they can do what you can do. And that's a pain in the ass. And then other times though, we want to talk to people sometimes just to break up what we're doing on stage anyway. And it does help us think of a new mm-hmm. joke or a thing or whatever on stage. Yeah. But yeah. Well, uh, now Lace on white trash Cinderella, how did you come up with that theme? And why do you think your album white trash Cinderella was such a big success? Oh, it's a, it's a, a punchline to a joke that I have. So I have a whole bit about fighting in public with my, with my ex and how I'd end up shoeless on the, on the sidewalk. Um, you know, some sad bartender would have to come out and, and give me my other shoe and all that. So it's, this is a whole long bit that I would do, but it just was about, I mean, I thought it was a great, it was a great title for the album. And uh, once I started talking to other people, I was running different, different titles for it. And when I looked at all the material, like it, it obviously was a good punchline for that joke and that whole bit. But then when I looked at my whole life, it was just kind of, that kind of describes me and, and, you know, like I did pageants and all that sort of stuff, but I also had teen parents grew up poor people, you know, depending on what part of my life they saw me in would see me as one or the other thing and so all those uh experiences combined and made me that today so it's like i'm not necessarily royalty i'm not i'm not trash i'm somewhere in between and uh i don't know that's what made yeah. me that's what made me this way the part of kentucky where murray is uh it's known for a lot of pageants and stuff uh, the county i grew up in we had a, a pageant called the miss tater day pageant because tater day is actually a big thing in um in the marshall county area by the lakes but it's definitely um, good people watching for for redneck uh, fun and stuff. But Miss Tater Day has been a thing for a long time. Yeah, and we have got the, yeah. Miss Murray so State I, and yeah. a lot of small little towns will have these different little festivals. We got like you know Miss um, Miss Paducah and Miss Murray uh-huh. State and all that stuff. So yeah, the thing's kind of a big thing in Kentucky. Yeah, it's a big thing all over the South. I mean, Georgia's the same way. And that area that I uh, that I was talking about earlier down in Glenville, it's right next to Vidalia. And uh, so we have the whole Sweet Onion Festival and Sweet Onion Queens and all that. And I was one of the Sweet Onion Queens. So oh, I had yeah. everything there is to ever know about Sweet Onions. So I can I can definitely commiserate with uh, with old Tater Day chick. So yeah. we could sit down and swap some, some good vegetable facts. <laughs> Catherine, um, who would you say are some of the comedians that have your been the biggest influence on you tig dutaro is my favorite comedian ever i'm obsessed Uh, and i can listen to her albums a thousand times and still laugh a ton mm -hmm. um i love old school ellen degeneres um kathleen madigan wanda sykes do you like maria as much as i do maria bamford is i do i do like maria i mean yeah i do i i love her yeah I love her. Because I feel like she's uh, in the same, like, weird, dry of all yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's who. But I, yeah, I like, uh, I like storytelling. And mm-hmm. I just, I like the kind of, I like old school Ellen is, like, also one of my just, like, I could listen, re-listen to her all day long. Um, So, and I like, I like, I like yeah, I, I enjoy storytelling comics. 
the most. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, and some of the interesting things about some of the women comedians back in the day, Rodney Dangerfield had those HBO specials mm-hmm. and he had a lot of young comedians come in and he brought in Kat. No, it was Rita Rudner, I think, was one and Roseanne was one. And uh, I mean, there are a lot of good women comedians out there. Uh, Melissa McMahon, I saw her and West Palm Beach, and she was really funny. Tiffany Haddash has been really funny. Um, Lace, who are some of the comedians that are the big influences on you? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm half the ones. I mean, everybody, Catherine said, obviously. I mean, it's hard to deny. I mean, if you grew up in the 90s at all, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is easily one of the funniest joke writers of all time. Um, yeah, same. I, like I said, I love Joan Rivers, like for old school inspiration. And I love the fact that she had to come up through such tough circumstances and there was no path for her. And she kind of blazed the path for, I mean, mm-hmm. we wouldn't all be doing what we do today if it weren't for people like that who forced their way in and did it the way they wanted to do it. I uh, loved her. And I love the fact that she worked until the day she died. Like I, mm-hmm. I want to, uh, you know, hopefully if we're all lucky enough, we, we get to live to an old age and still be able to work and still be able to keep up with the times and make people laugh. I, I, that's my favorite thing about her is that she always a- adapted and adjusted and never lost that spark. She's such a, such a badass and an icon, but yeah, it's hard to like narrow down because when I was a kid, I listened to like Eddie Murphy and and Richard Pryor albums too. It's like my parents had those on vinyl and I would sneak and listen to those. And I mean, same thing, storytelling. Anybody who's like a a storytelling type comedian that that, that's always been my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's so many different influences and it's hard. I don't really feel like I'm, my comedy is is similar to anybody else's so much. uh, Recently, Lace said, People assume she was a Roseanne Barr fan, and but she wasn't until recently. And then she said she's only <laughs> now started to really lean such, into Roseanne Barr. Such a bitch. Not the old Roseanne, but <laughs> the only the new anti-Semitic racist. That's, Lace just will not shut up about, insane, about how much she admires yes. her. I, I like mm. the modern day brain damaged uh, Roseanne. That's she just that. goes on all day long. Such she an sends asshole. Me clips. <laughs> well, one comedian <laughs> that um, I know you Growing up, I did love Roseanne. She was amazing. It was like the first yes, time I ever saw you told me. You family said, on TV that ever looked like mine. It's and I something got, about her these days that just touches <laughs> you're me. You're canceled and I hate you so much. I am so disappointed in so many comics that I grew up loving, but uh, that that's a shame. But anyway. That they well, were like they are now and she wished Roseanne <laughs> would have been braver. Same with Luke, you out. know? Wasn't a fan of the beginning. Bill Cosby, number one. <laughs> yes, Lace loves Bill Cosby. Oh, my God. she uh, You should see the tattoo she has of Bill Cosby, but she can't show you on the podcast. I can't show it to you. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you well, one, well, one comedian I think y'all both agree on. Um, I had uh, Jasmine Ellis on the show recently, and I know she's yes. a friend of you guys. She yes, was super funny. And what was interesting, when I, when I was putting the ensemble together, I didn't know that y'all knew Jasmine. I just happened to, um, you know, pick her based on uh, just finding her information on dry bar comedy. And she was super funny and stuff. So um, I think it's cool that I've got at least comedians that are friends with each other. And hopefully that creates like a good vibe for the show. Yeah, we're actually our enemies. And we, (laughs) it's going to be a, it, it might be a roast or it might be a physical fight on stage. 
but um, it won't go well. It won't go well. <laughs> I well see, that's Jasmine. why I put you on Friday and, and Jasmine on Thursday. Smart. She's with yeah. Lace. Okay, so okay, smart. No, me and Jasmine out. are BFFs. We're going, we, I guess, no, it'll be before yeah. that. We're going to Beyonce together. And Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah she, we're big. She, uh, she's a big fan of Beyonce. Yes. 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 She, yeah. she, they didn't invite me, sure. so maybe there will be a fight, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Catherine and I, we've been through this. We're not going to rehash it. She's a bigger... She's a bigger Beyonce fan than I am because she knows uh, all of the weirdest, most stalkery facts about Beyonce. Um, and I don't even know that you're allowed to go to the concert. I don't know that you're allowed to be within a certain amount of feet from Beyonce based it's, on how much you know yeah. about her. It's, it's, uh, it's I'm not. Well, it's her mom that has been restraining one on me. Yeah, but it's Tina. Miss Tina. Tina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, uh, Jasmine's great. She actually was just on our podcast recently. So yeah, no, yeah, I, I watched. Out, I watched that. Shout out, well, Cheaties. Yeah. Well, speak out. Uh, speaking of the Cheaties podcast, let's talk about that. It's a, a podcast y'all created a couple of years ago, talking about uh, cheating experiences. And I've listened to some of the episodes, and they're they're interesting to say the least. So tell me a little bit about the podcast, um, how you guys came up with it, and why it's such a fun project for you guys. Well, Lace looked up with my boyfriend and I said, should we record, before we start talking about this, should we record it? And it's been three years and she, and I'm just getting, trying, I'm waiting for her to apologize. So this is all about revenge. What's well, not no, about revenge, It's you know? more about forgiveness, I, I mean, would say. Uh, <laughs> so uh, y'all- we both had been cheated on and I had a bit uh, of cheating and that I, I actually closed my album with. Um, yeah. And so okay, she, on stage, Lisa would go, I, when I, I was a very, I was, a, I was such a young comic, so young. And I was watching this comic. You're, you're, who'd you're been, even younger now than you were then. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I, even know how that's. Yeah. I'm awesome. 11. And mm. you will have to get my guardian to sign off um, after this podcast um, to release oh. it. Okay. And, uh, and my guardian's name is Walt Disney. Um mm. But Lace would do this bit on stage, and then she she was like, she was talking about going through her ex's phone, and she'd be like, you'd scroll and screenshot, scroll, screenshot, scroll, screenshot, and then you had to send it to yourself, and then you had to delete those pictures, and then you'd go have to go and delete to delete it so he doesn't know. And th- so I caught my ex. I was going through his phone, and I remembered Lace's bit. So I was like, I literally, it was like a guide. She was like in my head. So I scroll, mm-hmm. screenshot, scroll, screenshot, scroll, screenshot it, and then I called her, and I was like, I I did the Lace. I scroll, screenshot it. And um and that's when we realized, like, you know, everybody has some kind of cheating, infidelity experience, because uh, there's at least, at the minimum, three people, sometimes more, involved. So if you're you're one of those players, and uh, and so we just we didn't. It was during the pandemic. We we I don't think either of us really had an idea of where it was going to go, and and just people still to this day are just constantly like, I got a story last night. I was in a, a, a small town and somebody came up to me after a show and was like, I've been listening to cheaties forever. I just got cheated on. And, um, and now after shows, every people come up to us and tell us wild experiences. So, and it always ranges. I mean, something like surface level is high school to, you know, Mar- somebody, like marriage and, and some guys been doing porn for 20 years and she didn't know so. <gasps> yes yes yeah. so um shout out to uh, one ball that's all uh yeah, yeah. so they the stories can range and and some of them are fun some of them are like deeper um but it's been it's been a cool experience and like lace and i are saying we like 
the same thing we're saying about how we enjoy storytelling comics is like we're not experts in cheating like we don't know we're not like psychologists and we're not really interested in like cheating and pop culture we just enjoy people telling us their stories yeah yeah just like in comedy i mean we're just fascinated by people in general but yeah it's always fun too i think and I, we tried to hone in on this more so in the last like year ish or so but i'm more fascinated about how people get through something like that and then how they how they heal themselves on the other side because my whole my my ex and getting cheated on and all that shit that whole toxic relationship the second i got out of that i started stand up comedy and it changed yeah. my entire life and then mm. i was able to tell that story on stage and it healed me and then it started a whole new career and uh, it just helped me i don't know what it takes sometimes it just takes a massive shake from the universe and sometimes it takes something like that it takes cheating to to kind of make you get out of the bad situation you're in and, and go forward, open the fucking door and walk out into the world. So that's, I, I like that. I like people's, uh, how they overcame it. And, and we do get a lot of people too, who tell us how they cheated and that they cheated and that what they learned from it and that they did wrong and they know they did wrong. And, but their lives are different too now because they got out of that, that situation. So you know, it's just human. It's a study in, in, uh, humans really. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, podcast i mean i hadn't heard anything like it and so i was like golly here's some of those stories and you're like some of the guests are like man this this person's like really really weird and then you, there are others where it's like you really feel sorry for that person too so but yeah, at least yeah. you're there to to listen and it's a very interesting podcast and uh i know it'll be uh continuing to deliver great episodes in the next year and beyond so um catherine you, you've been on the tonight show with jimmy fallon uh, talk about that experience uh greatest day of my life uh it happened very fast it he's super super comic friendly like he he's there for mm. you to make you feel comfortable um it i got to do the comedy seller the night before and run my set i mean i, I was i don't i'm not sure it really happened it still feels like a dream um mm. i made quest love laugh and uh that's gonna should go on my bio actually um it should be my first credit and um, it was, yeah, during the Tiny Show, it's, uh, you learn a lot of stuff in the process, like your your set gets sliced and nice and chopped to be NBC family friendly, night show friendly, and words have to get changed and into when, or, you know, whatever. It's like, so that set from like when you, when you were like, when you began those jokes and what those bits were that you do in the club that's not the final product that you do on the tonight show because it has mm. to be sometimes watered down. Um, but I mean, some comics, not some comics just are super clean and, uh, and they just, they can, they'll go up there right up with a set that they do every night in the club. But mm. um, it was, yeah, it was a surreal moment. I, I, I'm, I just feel forever grateful that I had the opportunity and um, I, uh, I, I, it's as open, it is like made me realize like, oh, you, what I realized from it is that all, like, it feels like I can't believe that happened to me. And then I'm like, no, I worked my ass off for eight years before that. And that's, mm. that's kind of what I remember every day now. And I'm like, oh, I don't want, really want to feel like writing right now. I don't want to do this like stuff that feels mundane and pointless, but I'm like, these are building blocks to something bigger that will happen eventually. 
Well, and the other thing too, you've got to be good to be on the tonight show. That means it's absolutely 100% true. Yeah. You're doing a good job and uh, people like your work. And I mean, like you wouldn't be working with David Spade and Burt Kreischer and these guys too, if your work wasn't good. And that's why you're, you're one of the fast, uh, busiest comedians in the country with your traveling and everything. Yes. It's awesome. I am um, amazing. Yep. That's why you're on podcast today for living the dream and that's also why you're on here for the kentucky comedy festival damn straight darn that's right tootin uh now lace you were on america's got talent uh season 17 and you're a semifinalist yeah. uh yeah. talk about that experience uh yeah also i mean it's, uh, honestly it's it's pretty surreal that both Catherine and i in the exact same year like everything we both were on nbc Literally. Well, one of the times so I was on, I was on Mary's Got Talent. I was on three episodes and one of the episodes fell on the same week that Catherine had the tonight show. And I think that will forever in my mind be the craziest, like the more, the, when you, when I, like at the time we were just like, holy shit, stuff's happening. Holy fuck. That's happening there. This is happening. This is crazy. You know, like we just couldn't put it all together. And then when you step away from it and you look back, you're like, that's, it blows my mind that, that, that happened to two Atlanta comedians at the exact same time. We both worked, like Catherine said, worked our asses off for years and years and years, mm-hmm. writing these jokes and finally got like acknowledgement for what we had been doing. But that had happened to two people who have a podcast together and happened to us separately all at the same time was, I mean, it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, so that happened after we really on the podcast. Yeah, we've been doing the podcast for almost three and a half years. So, okay. and this all happened within the last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I auditioned for uh, AGT beginning of, well, no, like mid 2022. And then my first episode was wild. I mean, I, I got up there, I, I, they flew me out to LA. I uh, got a standing ovation from the judges and a standing ovation from the audience, and then got all four yeses. Moved on to finals and same thing Catherine's talking about when you do comedy on TV, what you think you're going to say and do gets all chopped up and mixed around and you got to get it all approved by NBC. And then you got producers in your ears. Mine was a little different than hers because mine was a competition. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't the only comedian in it and it was less about showcasing than it was about competition and about them fitting the, like making the show Pre- they need you to be a character they yeah so they character. kind of oh, they, lead, do? Okay. they lead you and like mold you the way you know kind of how, what they need you to do which is mm-hmm. that was something i wasn't prepared for i had done a lot of tv before but i had never done reality tv mm-hmm. and so that was a, a big jolt uh but i did it didn't go the way that i wanted it to but the great news is, is i i had a, a a fun like smart ass back and forth with simon and because yes. of that I was able, they brought me back for the finale. So I got to roast, I got to roast Simon Cowell alongside uh, Jeff Ross. Yes, I've seen him. Very funny. Master General. So Mm. he and I got to roast Simon together and that was um, pretty freaking cool. And then because of that, I've got this residency here in Vegas. So I get to host the, um, host the, the live America's Got Talent show with a whole bunch of winners from the show multiple times a year. So I'll be out yeah, like it's a uh, it, it's cool. It uh, it gave me a credit that made me feel like a legit comic, even though I'd been doing it for a long time. But it takes 
you know, people take you more seriously once you've been acknowledged by like a, a network, you know? So mm-hmm. that was very helpful. And I'm very grateful for the whole experience, even though, like I said, it didn't go the way I wanted to, but you know, comedy is subjective and it's tough. You got to have the whole world behind you when you do shows like that. And, um, mm-hmm subjective people in other countries like comment underneath it like we don't get why this is funny and why is yeah. this allowed to talk you know so that was no, uh, I, that just, was me i read and, that, and, and, and those comments were all from Catherine. i'm still wondering please don't quit your day job yeah. um <laughs> this is my day job so I <laughs> unfortunately for everyone this is my day job yeah so yeah but yeah the whole whole thing was yeah i mean surreal incredible pretty pretty fucking cool um yeah, they say 26 million people watch every episode. Uh, that mm-hmm. is not reflected in dollars or followers, but you know that's what they told me. So yeah. So what was it like? Because um, you get you mentioned Simon Cowell. What was it like working with him? Because you know he's been a legend for many many years, but he's also yeah. a tough critic. But you you kind of gave it back to him as well. Yeah. Well, what's fun is uh, that's about just like everything in reality TV. Everyone's playing a character. That's more mm-hmm. of a character for him, and he leans into okay. it for the TV off, off screen. He is lovely. He remembers things about you. He, I was just talking to, to some of the acts on from AGT last night about this and how he'll, he'll memorize stuff and he'll be like, Oh, how's your, how's your family member? How's your, this, how's your, that you're from such and such you do this, you, you know, so it's a little different once you know them off screen, like it's, it's different. So it's a character yeah. and the man knows, he knows how to make money. I'll tell yeah, you that. Like that's he, true. He created American Idol, took American Idol and made it what it was and created all these other shows. And uh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Well, and of course, um, I mean, Sofia Vergara is on there, Heidi Klum and Howie Mandel. Of course, Howie Mandel has been a stand up uh, comedian for, I mean, decades. So you got to. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome. It's cool to have him uh, in my pocket, too, and be friends with him. That's uh, it's it's pretty, pretty wild. It's well, there was another comedian I discovered from that too. Uh, Mike Winfield was he on your show? Um, yeah, I've I've seen some of his stuff. When I'm I'm evaluating comedians for you know future shows and stuff, and I thought he was very funny. And yeah, Mikey, like Mikey and I are good friends, and he's uh, also a host for this show. So he and I switch out, and we yeah yeah we both host this live show here. I think he was just in Louisville performing. Um, mm-hmm. and where else he was? Um. I think he's coming to Florida in a couple of months in Orlando, but that was really cool. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you uh, is you have a lip gloss now. It's, I forgot the name. Is it Glamour Gloss? Giggle yes. Gloss? Giggle, Giggle Gloss. gloss. Giggle okay. Gloss. <laughs> it's to comedians. Me and Dulce Sloan, uh, who's yes. a correspondent on The Daily Show. Yeah, she and I uh, created a lip gloss company because, you know, it's easier to easier to travel with like 100 lip glosses to, than it is 100 T-shirts. I'll tell you that. So yeah. okay. she's very funny. I I uh, listened to some of her stuff after I saw that she was your partner on that. She's very yeah. funny. Yeah, she's awesome. And she's we came up together in Atlanta. She started in Atlanta uh, before she ever, you know, got called up to the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she's she's a badass. So what are some of your funniest stories from being on the road as a touring comedian? Catherine, I'll start with you first. Uh, the road is not as um, as glamorous as you, you would think. It's pretty damn. Actually, it, the fun, the best is like when like when I do go with Spade and you, you're staying at like a Four Seasons or or a Ritz Carlton and you get out of the escalator and they they're 
if there's four people there to pick you up and carry you to your room and the next weekend you're doing your own gig and um and you're like, but and then you have to bring all eight bags up at one time because your room's not ready because it's 6 p.m and mm-hmm. your show's at 7 p.m and go doing that back and forth is um a quick humbling experience yeah. but it's uh yeah i mean it's fun but it the i whenever people are like road life like that's you're gonna get it's you're going to get over that. You're not going to want to be on the road all the time. And before I was doing it, I was like, no, that sounds like a dream. And it is a dream. I do feel like I'm living the dream, but it is draining on your body. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And it's just, tough. it's just tough to like to do it. I mean, being on the road, it does so much to you. I mean, Catherine, like you described it perfectly. Like that's, it's, it's a lot on the human brain and like nervous system to go from standing on stage for an hour where people are laughing and they're enjoying it and you feel like you just have this rush that you just can't, it's like a drug and you, you can't repeat that same rush. And then you get off stage and then you're just by yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you have all these people, all this praise, all all these people want to talk to you and meet you and they're interested in you and they buy your stuff and they feel excited and you feel excited. You're all sharing this fun moment. And then you just you're just then alone and like that drop in serotonin, that drop in adrenaline, it like, it, it you kind of go in like a little weird depression for like a couple of days and, and then it comes back again. It's just a very bizarre roller coaster, but it's so worth it. I mean, mm-hmm. I love last night doing this, the, the America's Got Talent thing. A bunch of little kids came up to me afterward. They want to get pictures and they like cry and they're so excited because they're seeing somebody they've seen on TV and on stage. It's oh, yeah. just, it's so rewarding. And then it's also jarring. Like, like you said, like you gotta, you know, then you find yourself just like, Oh, okay. Now I've got to do regular everyday things where people aren't praising mm-hmm. me. Like, this is, it's, it's, it's and that's tough. the worst is, that's, that, is not being praised the worst is when oh. people, when people talk to you, like, like <sighs> you're normal and you're like, yeah, yeah. Do you know who I am? And they go, yeah. I all I know is that your credit card just got, got declined. And, and oh yeah. gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, tr- going from a, a low point to a high point, where why are y'all excited to be a part of the Kentucky Comedy Festival, the inaugural Kentucky Comedy Festival? Um, I am. Yeah, yeah, it's an honor to. I've actually never been to Murray, uh, and so I'm excited to go to Murray. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I. I, I love coming back to Kentucky and doing comedy in Kentucky because half my stories are about childhood and growing up there and having parents from the country. And so it always just, it's like, it's just always a, a full circle moment for me. And we're going to get, yeah. and you're going to get to ride a horse. Yeah, damn straight. That's really the whole point why I'm, why I'm doing this. Exactly. And Catherine, I'm, I'm not, not going to be your horse this time. Okay. I'm not going to. We'll see. We'll not see. Gonna, Maybe if I Bill Cosby, you what? <laughs> Dude, I'm excited to come. I mean, I've, I, I love Kentucky. Every time I've ever come through and perform there, it's, it's always good crowds. Um, I, I just, as a Southerner, I love, I, I love the South. I love, I love Southern crowds. They're fun. They're, they're smart. They're not what you always expect them to be. There's always a good mix of everybody in between. And uh, I know it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to having you guys and um, I'm glad that you're able to be on the show today. I know Lace is short on time. So just one final question for each of you guys. Where do you see your, where do you want your career to be five years from now? Catherine, you can start first and then Lace. 
Um, I think, I mean, I'm going to be America's villain. I, I will rise to the top quickly and then just everyone's out to get me and I'll let everybody know that. And, you know, and then I'll run for president. Oh, man. sounds like a plan. Yeah. That's the trajectory. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's Lace, what about you? Next um, five years. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. I just want to, I just want to keep working and, uh, you know, just try to stay as thin and young as possible. So that's really, I mean, it, like, I just, I need to continue to, to be, to be praised. Like I said, I don't think we have like really beat it in enough, how much validation we need. And this is why we do this. So I'm going to need just, you know, like increasingly more validation every year. So, so that means I, I need to have a, a nice welcome basket in the hotel when y'all arrive. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think Love our that. main goal in five years is to be younger. younger. Yes. Yes. So hopefully technology will catch up. Maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm well, just, well we I'm do have some, whatever. I've been talking to some plastic surgeons and dermatologists about trying to be sponsors. sponsors? I was telling them, oh yes, I was telling them that they need to be a sponsor of the Kentucky comedy festival that, like 70% of our ticket buyers are women. They're a great opportunity here. I've got half of my, the comedians are women. It's like yes. they're going to need a place to get a massage and a facial yes. and whatever yes. when they're in town. See, Ben, and, you get it. You get it, yes. Ben. You should be running all the comedy festivals because that's exactly I should. what we need. I yes. lived in Miami, so I know how I know how the yes. women think. Thank you. Thank you. So, ben, yes. The that. only one that knows exactly. what women think. Well, I try, <laughs> but um, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and taking the time out of your day to be on the show. I know Lace has to go host America's Got Talents All-Stars tonight, so I don't want to make her late and get on Simon's bad list, but I no. do want to p- promote yeah. you on social media where people can follow you. You can follow Lace at, at Lace Larrabee on Instagram, and that's L-A-C-E-L-A-R-R-A-B-E-E. That'll be in the show notes. It's the and first time website. anybody's ever said it all correctly and spelled it right, Ben. That's, man, you, you that, killed it. That's why I'm a lawyer, Lace. Thank you. Thank you. And her website is lacelarabee.com. And Catherine's Instagram is it's Catherine Blandford. And it's I-T-S-K for Catherine, like Kentucky, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Blandford, B-L-A-N-F-O-R-D, not Blandford, because Catherine is not bland. That's right. Is, are you writing and, the bio right now, Ben? No, I wrote it down. Oh, wow. And her website is CatherineBlanford.com. So check them out. Very funny ladies. Um, They've got a lot of good things going on in their career, and we're excited to have them at the Kentucky Comedy Festival. So definitely get your tickets now, and you will not be disappointed in the show, unless I screw up. But that won't happen. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.com.